0: Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjameslutheran.org. will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Commitments, that's what we see with Ruth, right? And you also see it out there. If you watch the, uh, the runners there, like I said, I got to see the uh, top... Uh, I assume finishers, I just saw them at the beginning there, like the three, four mile mark where St. Jams is playing and some of our kids are cheering on. Uh, but you, you don't just mail that in. If you are going to run, even just run the marathon, not even hit the uh, two hour pace, you really need to be committed. You are not just going to show up and say, yeah, I'll see how I do on this marathon. You got to put some time in. And if you want to even have any sense of a time you're proud of, I, I would say even just finish it. You got to practice. It, it requires you to, to run when you don't feel like it. It requires you to run when the weather is bad. You need to get out there. And if you're going to hit the three hour, even the under four hour, you need to get after it many days, probably a year ahead of that race. This past week, the two hour time was broken by a Kenyan uh, who's winning all of them. He's the top marathon runner right now. And um, to do that, he had to be committed. (laughs) Not only, you're thinking he had to be committed because he's running that far and that fast. That seems crazy. But he had to be committed way long ago. When no one's watching, getting after it. Doing his best. When no one's keeping track, he had to be getting up. When the snow's coming down or the rain's coming down or doesn't feel very well, he had to follow through the good times and the bad to get where he is. That's what's beautiful about the marathon. Um, It really brings out endurance in a person. We see that kind of commitment in Ruth. Ruth... uh, (laughs) She is uh, not actually an Israelite, but her mother-in-law, this woman named Naomi, uh, left her people of Israel and went off to make a name for themselves as a family. She and her husband, they had two sons. Uh, They had everything you could want, a great family life, and things were going well. Blessed by God, people would say. And then she loses her husband. Which is hard as it is, difficult, no matter who, what day or age you're living in, right? How tough that is. Especially, one might say, for her, for females back then, the man was a connection to the economy, to the welfare system almost, when you're a widow. Fortunately, if a good family environment's going on, they take care of one another, for sure. But you get a little disconnected when you lose your husband. And then her son's married... Things were great. And then they died suddenly. Almost this Job sort of thing is going on with Naomi. She must have thought she was cursed. I mean, imagine what she's thinking. That you would lose your husband, but now you lost your two young sons. And it was just her and these two ladies. And Naomi's in this foreign land. She doesn't know anybody. And so she decides that she's going to go back to Israel because she's not getting taken care of there. And, and quite frankly, three women is hard enough to be taking handouts, to be trying to fit in or whatever. And she's not even a Moabite, you know, so she's going to go back to her people. And you would do the same. You're going to go back home, back to family, back to things that you know. And she tells the two daughters, she actually gives them the gift of remaining you can stay here because you're from here and find another husband or another life or this makes sense to you there's no guilt do not feel bad if she gives them that gift that release it's okay they had every opportunity and it would have been totally fine if they the two of them would have stayed back they both say we're going to stay with you Naomi tells them again don't you're not going to get, I'm not going to have other sons. I'm not, I can't help you. I'm just kind of dead weight, quite frankly. And so, of course, the one named Oprah, I'm joking, her, her name's Orpa. So uh, both, I would say, uh, tra- no, I'm joking. Anyhow, uh, so Orpa gives in, but really it's actually fine. It's very important to understand. She is not a sin. She stayed where she was and probably went out and find a, a husband, etc. It's all good, because Naomi said, you can do that. And then she looks at Ruth and says, go. And Ruth says, no. And Naomi keeps on urging her, get out of here. I'm dead weight. I'm getting older. You can easily just find another husband, and things will be great. You don't have to stay with me, and don't feel guilty about it. And for no reason except for Ruth's commitment To Naomi, her loyalty, she says these absolutely amazing words. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. That's an open sentence, by the way. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God, where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severe, if anything but death separates you and me. Maybe no, there's no more beautiful phrases about commitment than what Ruth gives Naomi with this. Isn't that just gorgeous how she says this? And it wasn't even a, we use, sometimes people have, it's been been popular to use this in weddings, right? Because it really fits that vow. This is not even that. This is just a friend, a relative, a, a person that cares, that's devoted to this other person, that wants the very best for this other person, no matter what it costs them. Extraordinary commitment. And Ruth Is from the Hebrew word, that name. All names in Hebrew, by the way, are are phrases or words. Unlike, they're not just a sound, if that makes sense. They mean something. Ruth is friend. What better name for this woman than a friend? What better friend could you have than this? Commitment, the commitment of Ruth to Naomi. Not only does Naomi receive this friendship, this sense of someone loves me, I'm not alone, but she receives this real support. Commitment like that is the fundamentals of society. We begin, I think, just like I mentioned, a spouse. A man and a wife, that's really what the commitment is when you make that commitment, when you make that vow. That's what marriage is. Marriage is not the ceremony. I'm not doing anything special up here. There's no blessing in the sense of like magic happening, but it's when two people say in front of the public, because anybody can give commitments privately, don't tell anybody I love you. That's not love and that's not commitment. But if you really love someone, you get married. If you don't, you don't. Marriage is when two people make a vow. They have the guts to make an outlandish commitment to the other. Not just, I'll never leave you, as in, I'll be in the same house with you till I die. That's really romantic. But when you make a vow in marriage, you're not just saying, I'll never leave negative, but positive. I will nourish. I will take care of you. Where you go, I will go. And then you also say, through thick and through thin good times and bad sometimes I'm going to wake up not feeling so in love I'm still going to be committed to you and you're going to know it that's the foundation to a marriage it's not your feelings of love because your feelings of love come and go for whatever dumb reason but what makes a strong marriage is someone who understands commitment and I'm going to act upon this vow I made now that being said that action upon that vow Creates a feeling And that other person is definitely going to feel So it stirs up feelings But feelings follow Actions Not vice versa In a good marriage But we have other commitments That we're called to be part of Commitment is the foundation of society Allies committed to one another In World War II A commitment that I'm going to follow you Even though I'm not so sure about this War War you make that commitment, we're going to do it. The commitments within your relationships and your friendships. What would the world be like if you never know what the other person is going to do? If you never know if your friend's going to be there when you, you say, let's go out, or we're going to do this or that, or no one committed to you? Commitments do you make in your job when you sign a, for a loan, etc. You're making commitments and promises. That is the foundation, that's the thread of our societies. People following through on commitments. Let alone commitments in church. We are called to be committed in church, not showing up necessarily, only. But when you are a member of St. James, and not everybody is, and some people come and go in the big city, I understand that totally, and if you're not, you're just checking this place out, that's great. But when you become a member, what that means is, I believe what's being taught here, and I'm going to do what I can for the benefit for others. I'm committed to people that come here to serve them. That could be offering. That could be taking care of one another. That could be signing up for this. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It's also, you, you know, church, we come, like today, you come to receive. Absolutely, number one. But also, do you know that you come and you should come because someone might need to see you. Someone might need your presence. Someone might need your hello. Or you might need that from someone else. That's a part of the family of God as well. This is not a McDonald's. This is grandma's home. This is a family of God. Think about that. How are you doing on your various commitments in life? Work, home, church. Not well all the time. Or maybe we're doing it well superficially, but in here, we don't feel so committed. We're not the best at keeping commitments. I mean, how many of you can say, yeah, I'm pretty much Ruth. If I was there, I'd do the same thing Ruth is. Or would you be Oprah or or Orpa? We fail at our commitments. We're, We're terrible. And the reason why, I think number one is... Because we always have to struggle with that number one commitment that we all have. You're all born with a number one commitment, and that's what? Who is it to? It's to you. In the end, that gets in the way of everything. We see marriages fall apart a lot of times because someone, one of them or both of them, in the end, it came down to their happiness. I'm not happy anymore. Or I've fallen out of love. We do this with everything, right? And then we might invent all these reasons why we have to get out of this commitment. But really, it's because we just personally want to satisfy ourselves in a different way. In the same way with everything. People just don't follow through on commitments. Because in the end, if it's not working for me, then I'm going to get out of it. We are such a lackluster, wishy-washy people. Not even in terms of the church, but just our humanity, our love for one another. How easy we just get out of a situation when things get, especially when they get tough. I ask you to think about these commitments you made. Number one, in your family, right in front of you. Act upon those, Lord, help me be more committed. But also part of St. James, being committed to one another, loyal to one another, this church uh, you know it 's gone through a tough time a, a couple of years back, and there was this there 's a beauty I tell you what that I have seen here of uh, people committed to one another, even despite the difficulty. How awesome is that! I praise God for what God has done here through the commitments that he 's given you guys to one another. <laughs> We fail at commitments, Lord have mercy upon us. But this story is not just a lesson for you or encouragement for you to be more committed. The story of Ruth is a part of a bigger story about a bigger commitment, God's commitment. Ruth goes on, she follows Naomi back to Israel. When she gets there, gets back to the country, first of all, everyone says, which is kind of funny. They all kind of look at Naomi like, oh man, what happened to you? Like, that's a nice homecoming. But anyhow, they welcome her in and then Naomi, uh, they find a place and they find a family. But they're still kind of connecting, reconnecting into society. Ruth goes and, and Naomi encourages her to find a husband among the Israelites. And soon enough, Boaz comes in the picture. This older older gentleman. It's a beautiful love story right there. And he calls upon uh, Ruth and they get married and he's committed to her and then they have a kid and this kid grows up and he has a son and his son's name is Jesse and then Jesse has a son and his name is David who grows up to be king who's committed to the people of Israel Although still a failure when it comes to commitment, if you think about David. And David eventually has a great, 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 great grandson named Jesus. And out of this Ruth, and out of her promise and her pledge, comes this Jesus, who fulfills exactly what uh, Ruth says. Ruth doesn't even know what she's saying. Christ has come, seeing us, instead of letting us go our own way, in our sins, living in our sins, read the repercussions of our sins, God actually, Jesus, takes on our people, our land. He goes where we go. He's born in a manger where we are. He hangs out with, like we just saw, the lepers, heals them Let's them touch him nobody's out of bounds for Jesus he goes where humanity goes to the dregs of sin and all the stuff that's in your heart he has seen and had done to him and all the disease and the illness Christ does not stay away God goes where he goes more than that he goes wherever we go and he goes on the cross in between two sinners two murderers he goes where we go in the grave Christ fulfills this does he not your people will be my people wherever you go I will go he did exactly that because God is committed far more than you ever be committed even to your spouse God's more committed to you He's more committed to your marriage. It's really important to remember. He's more committed to your marriage. And he's more committed to your Christianity and your life in Christ than you are. He's more committed to the success of St. James than you ever will be. And he's more committed to your personal salvation. That you're going to be okay. That you are going to Stay in, his way, stay in his way and rise again than you ever will be to your own faith. God's committed and God's committed to Chicago. Every single human being in this city is committed to them seeks after them just like he sought after you and found you whether you were a baby and your parents brought you to baptism or you came through a youth group or you just heard I don't know how you found but you found out about Jesus because he found out about you because he's committed to you and here you are and through Saint James he is committed to this place and these people And through the things going on here and what we're going to support and invest and talk about next week, we're going to be talking about big commitments that we've been given by God to have in our hearts as we make decisions about ministry and what we're doing. Commitments to the people of Chicago. Commitments that they know Jesus Christ, that they know there is hope and there's peace, that in a world where there is no more commitment and you can't be certain of anything and everybody lets you down, there's a God who does not. That's what we're here for. And that's what God is going to accomplish through this place in the coming years. In Jesus' name, amen.